Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Very happy Labor Day to those out there in the United States. And for those that are not in the United States listening to this, you may or may not be aware of the full history of Labor Day and its importance to the United States in particular. I would argue, though, that it has some importance international as well because of the origins of why we celebrate Labor Day and what it really uh, pretends to. So I want to talk about that for today's episode because I think it's important because the American worker, you've heard me talk about the harms to the American worker that have been imposed upon us, arguably to the vast majority of 2021. Here's the high-level summary of how we got to this point with Labor Day. In the 1800s-ish, we had what was referred to as the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution is where we saw the rise of manufacturing, blue-collar jobs, strong, you know, labor-intense jobs. These were around the periods when the wars, right, because we had to manufacture all these different devices, either in support of a war or post-war, and Americans would work much more than they do today. Americans, by and large, were working half the day. That was what they were doing. The difference between then and now is that you had more, your money went further. You were able to sustain a household, and there was an incentive for people to work harder because they knew they needed to take care of their family, take care of their kids, take care of everything else. Well, what would happen is that you would also have children forced to go and work in the mines. This was a known story that there were a lot of child labor situations, which was what caused child labor laws to then become a thing later. But we saw in like the 1900s, you know, you have, everybody knows about the paper boy, you know, extra, extra, read all about it. It was kind of accepted that everybody had to pull their weight is my point. Everybody had to step up and work for the benefit of the households and families. Now, the children didn't make as much money as the adults, obviously, but the children were expected to work. And by learning a trade, they were better able to take care of themselves. They were learning skills, marketable skills, but they were also learning self-sufficiency, self-protection. The idea that, yes, there's value in working for what you want, working for the food, working for the candy, et cetera. On the other side, though, the negatives of this, right? You would have immigrants, whether legal or not, you would have immigrants that would come into the country looking for work because they believed in the American dream. And they were put to work. And often the conditions they were working under were not really safe conditions. They were not, they weren't like sanitation was not first on people's minds. You had people that were arguably abused. If you look back in the way they were treated, there was a lot of abuse. This reminds me then of out in Centralia, Pennsylvania, the city that no longer exists. And there were mines. It was a mining town at the time. I do encourage you to check out Centralia. Centralia to me was the picture of what was really going on 
after this period and the tail end of it and some of the reasons why we moved away from it. Do research that. But the point is, is that a lot of this sanitary concern gave rise to a lot of the laws that help protect American workers. Once we saw that we were moving away from farming, so I can even speak from my ancestry, farming was very big, people owning wide swaths of land after they were either freed slaves or they were Cherokee freedmen or whatever their history was, and they eventually start owning land and becoming their own farm workers. Because back in the olden days, it was easy to do this, unlike now where Bill Gates is swallowing it all up because he has the money to do it. Manufacturing started being kind of the forefront and the idea of, you know, technology started to become more and more important. I have ancestors, of course, that worked the rail lines. We know about that. Um, airlines, as I talked about on a past episode. But we started seeing people speak out about mistreatment and the way that they were paid and the number of hours they were having to be working. And we saw the rise of unions and strikes and rallies and everything else that was designed to give us better working experience that we take for granted today. Many people in the white collar now I'm referring to take for granted that we didn't really have a true white collar, quote unquote, in the core definition of it until a lot of this came out of creating these classifications of work and better work quality. In the blue collar then, you still have some of these issues, but it's much cleaner than it used to be. That's because of what people had been doing way back yonder. Part of the Labor Day celebration is to not only celebrate labor itself and the American worker, but also what got us to the point in terms of American work now versus what they had to deal with before. The real key here was there was a lot of riots that were happening as a result of what was going on. Haymarket riot. I challenge you to go ahead and research this. I, I strongly, I think it's appropriate even now. Check out the Haymarket riot. Check out Union Square. There was Union Square riots. There's Haymarket. There's all these riots happening in certain pockets of the country. And railways were the key for us to eventually migrate into better work quality for everybody else. When we were doing these rail, I talked about the ancestor that was working the rail and he got squashed between trains. When we were at that time focused hot and heavy on the rails, what was happening was you had a lot of organizers that were trying to get the government to get involved and fix all of this. And eventually, it took a long time, but eventually it grew to a head. It was like brewing over time. And what was happening was you had people that were actually getting killed, murdered, I'll even say, over what was happening and the strikes and their burning of freight cars. It was a very challenging time. And I'm saying this in this way because I'm not, I don't want to send anybody off. It's not about the people specifically at this point. It was the a level of violence that we had back then. And I, my call to action to you is to contrast that with the so-called riots that we have today. Certainly we have cities getting minorly burned and all this. It was nothing compared to what was happening in the 1800s, the late 1800s. During these riots, people were dying over passionate views. The passionate views today, you have people that go on Twitter and complain about a thing, and then our government just bows to those. Back then, prior to social media, our government arguably wasn't really listening to people at all. 
And it would cause people to go to extremes to get what they were trying to get done. And then eventually, decades after the fact, would the government eventually say, okay, let's go ahead and try to do a thing on this. It's a different time where I'm not advocating under any circumstances a violent approach to getting the government to change. I am saying that it's disheartening to see that now the government simply goes off social media and uses that for their decision-making. It's the extreme opposite, as opposed to we're just not going to listen to people at all, which is what we had before. We'll listen to the wrong people, the over-vocal people, and we'll do dangerous, harmful things, including giving regressing us from the progress that we made from a labor evolution perspective. We're regressed. We're not anywhere closer to where we were before. Certainly, we're a lot more civilized. I would argue, though, that a lot of our rights have been stripped away. People's confidence has been damaged. People's sentiment is harmed. Nobody really has the same confidence, especially when the president goes on the air and essentially threatens anybody that's a conservative. We can talk about the words he used, but effectively he was attacking conservatives to the point that a bunch of people started a thread and Twitter suppressed it going viral, but it's a pretty active thread that talked about being a, a threat to the nation. And they're saying, you know, I'm a taxpaying citizen. I raised kids as a single parent. I've, I worked law enforcement. I served in my military for 20 some odd years. And yet I'm a threat to the nation simply because I'm a conservative type person. This is the kind of narrative. Now there's a lot of these voices and only Breitbart is surfacing this, that this thread is pretty hot and heavy of a lot of people that were really offended by the kind of thing was there. Well, these are also part of this, allegedly the celebration for Labor Day, that people, hard workers now are being attacked by their own president in their own country. That is not progress, that's regression. And it's something we shouldn't celebrate. However, again, those vocal minority voices on social media are the ones that have been amplified by the government that's in place right now. That's who they're listening to. And those people either don't understand or don't care, largely because of the media, I would argue, about the fact that these are regular people. These are regular workers that have their own personal views and everybody's views should be respected in kind. That's why, like that was the whole point around Labor Day. Everybody's voice should be respected and adhered. We should not just dismiss certain people simply because we disagree with them, which is what we have now. We have a subset of people that we arguably ignore and disagree with and in some cases threaten. That's a caste-based system. And it contradicts the whole spirit of what Labor Day was intended to be, which is a celebration of the American worker, irrespective of the way that American worker personally feels. In the olden days, we didn't care really about what that worker over here in the corner, how they voted or what they chose to vote for or what they chose to support. The only difference here is media, right? Media is much more biased. It leans left or right. It's much more biased than it used to be. We don't have the Walter Cronkites of the world anymore. We have social media in place. Social media arguably is influencing people to a certain thought process and methodology. We have people like Bill Gates who are influencing on the sidelines. We have people like Elon Musk who are influencing on the sidelines. We have people like Donald Trump who are influencing on the sidelines. There's all these, quote, influencers on the sidelines. And unfortunately, and I'm going to say this as my own personal opinion, unfortunately, there are people out there that are not strong enough to stop that influence upon them. There's nothing wrong with feeling a certain way and being even passionate about a certain thought process or a certain methodology. I think where it goes awry is when you allow certain people to so influence you that you refuse to acknowledge 
that you can agree to disagree with somebody across the street from you. That's where we're at. If somebody believes, no, we need to control the economy, we need to control inflation, we need to calm this down and stop spending like nutcases, that person's attacked because, hey, this person over here can't go to school, they can't afford it. We're not really addressing the root cause of why they can't go to school, and that person doesn't want to hear it, they just want free money from the government. Although it's not free, which then causes our kids and grandkids to shoulder that burden. They're too young to understand why it's not free money because they were never around during the times when we did this before. And so now you create this us against them situation that is contradictory to the spirit of Labor Day. Fast forward a little bit. We do celebrate Labor Day. When I say celebrate, I have that in quotes, but we do celebrate Labor Day as a holiday, right? Most companies are closed. Most government entities are closed. And so we do have those celebrations, but I believe in my heart of hearts that we have lost the understanding of the value of what Labor Day was supposed to bring to the table because we're too busy creating an us versus them narrative. When I say we, I'm referring to society in general. Society in general promotes that. They promote antagonism. The media promotes antagonism. The government celebrates antagonism. Just now on social media, there was a peer-reviewed study. Anybody that's gone through college would have heard the most credible type of information is a peer-reviewed study because what you're saying is that everybody within this field of knowledge, they came together and they all largely have a consensus around a topic, right? That's peer-reviewed. Somebody else looked at my work and said, this looks like, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Peer-reviewed studies recently came out that said, as an example of the kind of disconnect that we have, said that, no, this ivermectin over here actually does have this positive effect on COVID-19. This is after the federal government themselves completely dismissed it as a potential option for this cure when they were pushing, sticking stuff in your arm. That was their push narrative because they were biased to push that narrative in disregard to everything else. The downstream impact of this is that you have these workers over here, the manufacturers of whichever medication, the doctors that would like to have it as an option, at least while we're still working out the kinks with the jabs, all these people, everybody is then negatively infected because you have the highest level in our government totally dismissing this as an option. We didn't prioritize over the counter for the same reason. They were pushing the narrative that they wanted, which is jabs in the arm, even though there were all these options available for over-the-counter that's private. It doesn't require you to divulge a thing. The, that same government goes up and says, no, you got to fire somebody if they don't show this card. Basically, it's a form of apartheid. This is what we had created later in 2022 as they're desperate, given a potential blowout. Is it, well, don't you need to press it. But they're still allowing employers to discriminate against workers and fire them if they don't comply and require this nonsense that doesn't need to be there. And they never solve the underlying issue, which is you still have this inflation going around. You have opportunities to force remote work to keep people safe. You have all these chances to really do it right. And instead, you did the approach that attacked American workers and made it harder for them to do their job. We're a far cry away from the days we used to be, which is to allow the worker to be a worker, period. And at the end of the day, I think history will look back and see that we did a lot of stuff wrong for the vast majority of 2021. It doesn't matter about good intentions. It doesn't matter about what they tried to do. At the end of the day, we 
arguably did the wrong thing for the wrong reasons and we attacked American workers. And I'm choosing personally to use Labor Day now as a reflection on what we used to have as a laborer because I've been working since the 90s, actively working since the 90s. And so I understand what we used to have and what we have now. I understand the change where things are made harder when they didn't need to be, where it's harder to apply for work, it's harder to retain work, it's harder to navigate the silliness of the requirements. There's a lot of things put in front of the worker designed to basically not hire them or make it harder for them to stay. And we throw words like culture, we throw words like unconscious bias, and we throw these silly requirements. You're never walking in a building, but you got to show this card that violates your medical privacy. We have added layers of things that make it harder and less desirable to be a worker. And I say that as a contractor, I can see what happens. I've hired before. My hiring process was smooth as butter compared to what I see other companies do. And I want other companies to get back to what we used to have, which is a celebration of the American worker, but not just America. I'd like to see that worldwide. I'd like to see the desire to go back to every worker is of value. And those are your assets as a company owner, as a president, as a board member, your workers are your true assets, not your product. Instead, we have a product mentality, especially with Amazon as a great example. Amazon really only cares about the products, not its workers. That's why you had people peeing in cups or jars or something and passing out in hot warehouses. These are silly, preventable things that simply tell me we have a problem with labor, and especially in our country, we have a problem with labor. We have not celebrated like we should the people that got us to the point of of a Labor Day at all, right? We, we created a Labor Day and we said we want to celebrate our workers and then we did the polar opposite of doing that in 2021. And that's unfortunate. I, I have taken so much over time from different companies, whether it was a client or an employer. And at one point I said, okay, I'll just do that to get to where I want to be. And that's how you're taught. That's how you're trained. That's how you are educated in our school system. Our school system pretty much tells you to fall in line and do what you're told because they know that you're going to be abused and they're trying to do a thing, but even they're insufficient in what you really need to know. Things about how to, you're in pointless meetings, how to navigate pointless meetings, things about the, you know, exempt status of employment and the fact that you could be abused and forced to work 18 hour days and only be paid for eight. These things are not told to you, but they're obvious things that abuse the American worker. And nobody seems to want to fix these things because the people that go in government don't want to fix these things. And people at the lower levels, the actual workers are too busy just trying to keep up. They're focused on making sure they have a roof over their head and food over their table. And I respect them and celebrate them for that vision for those that really have it, not the ones who waste their money. I'm saying the ones that they, they're just focused on keeping a roof over their head and food on the table. I respect them and celebrate them. But I'm disappointed that to date, we have not had anybody go in who wants to fix the way our American workers are treated and get them back to being the asset that they truly are. Stop leaning on our college system, expecting that they're going to create workers. The college system was never designed to create workers. The college system was designed to enhance individuals, whether they were going to go into the workforce or not. That's why we teach culture things. That's why we teach liberal arts things. It was never designed to replace the worker, the mentorship, 
you know, the training that should happen on the ground or the desire for people that just want to come in, learn a new trade, get in, get their hands dirty, make some decent enough money to take care of their family. I would love to see us get back to that point. Will we? I doubt it. Strongly doubt it. Where do we go from here? I have no idea. November is going to tell us some things. However, I don't think it matters at this point who goes in office. I think that the American worker is so far damaged and we're so far away from the spirit of what we, of what got us to this point. I don't think we're ever going to go back to the better times. And I'm not suggesting that we regress to a point beyond technology. I'd like that, but I'm not suggesting it. I'm saying that the worker should be what we celebrate, the actual individual worker and their right to work. I think the right to work is what's missing. The right to make a living and be left alone by the government as long as you are making a living, paying your taxes, doing what you're supposed to do. Nobody likes taxes, but if you're doing what you're supposed to do in paying those taxes, I think you should be largely left alone as a worker. If you specifically commit a crime, we're talking something that's on the books as a crime, we enforce it as a crime. Other than that, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, what you've been asked to do, and you're taking care of house and home, I don't agree that anybody should get in that worker's business. I think we should celebrate and applaud anybody who just wants to go to the grind, get the stuff done, and come home. I think we need to get away from the violations that we've imposed upon workers. I think that we need to get back to the true celebration of the spirit of workers and encourage our young folks to actually want to be workers instead of trying to, you know, when I say try to, I'm referring to the media, try to influence our young people that they should just be given money and work is stupid. I don't know how we get back to that. I don't know how we return to those times. I don't know if it's even possible. I'm doubtful if it happens in our lifetime. I am saying I think it's necessary. Because long after you and I are gone, I think you're going to see a decline from a first world country. And I don't think anybody really wants that. But maybe I'm wrong in that aspect. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.